Let's see it. They want to ship me out tomorrow with Army. What? To where? Iraq. And I just might be out of options. I, I don't want to go, but... They, they keep... I know what this is about. You want to go swimming in the ocean. Well, you can forget it. I don't think that's what this is about. Yes, it is. He's trying to punish me or something. They are not sure We'll kiss just as before Happy we'll be beyond the sea And never again and welcome to Airbuds and Airworms. I'm Amy. Got on my swim trunk, Shepherd. <laughs> and I'm Mitchell, deep and wide, much like the ocean, manly. <laughs> I, I should have said floaties, but yeah. I couldn't think of what floaties were called. I'm Mitchell. Got my swim trunks and my flippy floppies, manly. Are those the the help you dive things? Yeah. Okay. My swim trunks and my flippy floppies. So like I, I'm on a boat. <laughs> I have a theory. Yeah. Last week's intro I built after we recorded the show. Mm-hmm. And I put uh, Ocean Eyes in there. Yes, you did. And is this where that came from? I think so. I think that kind of got into my subconscious. And then plus, I just love ocean imagery. And I was thinking of that low song called Sea. And just so I was like, you know, why, why not the sea or other bodies of water or. That was oh, no. it was so majestically easy to come up with the, like an episode. Yeah, it was for you. very good, and and yeah, I would have to say the ocean eyes definitely was a subconscious influence, if nothing else. I was like, I wonder what songs are about shores. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I couldn't figure them out, so I was like, okay, well, I, wait, what was last week's episode? Eyes. Yes, that's how we ended up on ocean eyes. Yes, so it's a very good song. I don't know how old that child was, and that specific. Yeah, I think she was like fourteen or fifteen. That's was, <sighs> was pretty young at the time. Makes me feel like I've accomplished so little in life. Yeah, I know. But, you know, at least, like, her brother and her are, like, teams. Yeah, apparently her brother helps her uh, produce a lot of her songs. And, yeah. And, you know, helps turn her lyrics into real songs Essentially, stuff like that. Essentially, yeah, she came to him and was like, I want to be a singer. And he's like, cool. Yeah. And he, then, like, started writing songs for her and stuff. And it was, it's like, really, really great. Yeah, I thought, I mean, if you haven't gotten it's Large Bodies of Water this week. Yeah, like, originally I really liked just the sea, but I did <laughs> want to broaden it to, to other forms of water as well. But I just love the the uh, the imagery that's associated with, quote, unquote, the sea. So did you have to go, I mean, I say have to, did you go to Florida as a child? I did go to Florida as a child. My parents would go, we would always go to uh, Panama City Beach. Uh-huh. Go to PC Beach, get your airbrush hat. <laughs> and you see, I would always be like dragged screaming to the ocean. Yeah, I don't like sunlight. I see. Yeah, and I hate, um, I hate wearing bathing suits in public. Yeah. So, but I think that's more to be like, it's about more about being a female sure. in public wearing clothes. Yeah, so, absolutely. That's what I felt like. But I do like water. I just want my own private water. Right. Yeah. <laughs> swimming pools or your own private beach or. Yeah. All of those. And but, also uh, like swimming at dusk rather than during the day. Or at night. In complete. Darkness. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what song did you bring this week? I'm going to start us with Bonnie Prince Billy and Matt Sweeney's My Home is the Sea. My home is the sea. Disaster flies upon me. Tumble into me 
Yeah, Bonnie Prince Billy is the main pseudonym of a songwriter named Will Oldham, uh, who's pretty much royalty in the indie rock and alternative folk scenes. He's insanely prolific. I think he's put out like 20-something full-length albums and another 30 or so EPs. Uh, on this album, which was called Super Wolf, he worked with a guitarist named Matt Sweeney, who's also super prolific in his own way, but mainly as a studio and touring uh, guitarist, like supporting other artists. He's worked with tons of huge names, including Guided by Voices, Cat Power. He was in a super group called Zwan with Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins. Played guitar on some stuff for LP from Run the Jewels. He's on a Dixie Chicks album. Just an incredible and diverse guitar player. And uh, So Will Oldham and Matt Sweeney coming together, we get this brilliant and dense song that kind of unfolds and waves and tides. It starts out with just guitars and vocals and then builds into this like full band jamming and then drops back out for these really angelic refrains only to build up and crash again. And all this is just undergirded by Matt Sweeney's brilliant guitar work and like layering the perfect parts with the perfect guitar tones. And the whole album's just brilliantly written and produced and it's just so diverse. Uh, I think it's probably got something that would appeal to just about every one of our listeners. So so, did you listen to Blunderbuss by, like, Jack White? Of yeah. Of course you did, because you've listened to everything. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but um, it kind of reminds me of that, probably in the way he's bending. Those yeah, it's the little... kind of bendy notes and kind of... Yeah. It's sort of country-influenced, but not country necessarily, or like... It's like, I guess it's a Delta sound. Sure. So, I don't know. Memphis is in a Delta, right? Now, we're above the Delta. Look, I don't know geography, <laughs> okay? But... There is a sound that they're either implying like it's, you know, kind of bendy like in a Delta, right? Is yeah, like the bluesy kind of. Yeah, but it's not very bluesy. It's very folk country. Yeah. It's folk country, I think. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yay. Um, but yeah, as you were talking about, it's like so beautifully crafted and it simply sneaks up on you. Like you don't understand how complex it is, even though it's like kind of complex. And this, making an electric guitar sound subtle is nice yeah it's kind of like a i guess like an upper register clanginess i don't know about this guitar right yeah and then like later on in the song he's like layering a whole bunch of other sort of tones as well which is really cool but they're like sneaky like that yeah and it's like the way it shifts into different parts is so nice and like you kind of get wrapped up in the song like a blankie Mm -hmm. and then there's like men with like the soft voices like my home is the sea yeah. And it's just like nice and unexpected and it's not Tom Waits. Right. And it's got those, like you said, the vocal harmonies are just on point. It's just a brilliant record. <laughs> so, yeah, it really is. Uh, you always do like way more research than I do. And I always think it's really exciting. Um, this week. We're learning together, Amy. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I have brought rides, cold water, people. On the spectrum.
song is even. <laughs> like, I don't know what these instruments are, but I'm pretty sure it might be a synth, but it's a synth, like, imitating other instruments. Um, it, you know how, like, records sound weird and kind of nostalgic backwards? Mm-hmm. That somehow they made it like that? And uh, also, it's kind of super abstract, but kind of on the nose with the lyrics. And I really liked the part where it said, uh, life as jagged is one of the lyrics. And it just makes me, um, for some reason, because I mishear lyrics, uh, is uh, like, it sounds like lobster dragging. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I just I just like it. It's, it's a weird little song that I just randomly ran across at like 2.45 a.m. when I was making the show sheet. And mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, it also may be about the evolution. Yeah, possibly. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking it might because they're like, I'll follow you back into the sea, and they're like talking about evolution. So I was like, maybe. Yeah. So, so Amy has once again stumbled <laughs> into gold without realizing it. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with Ride, uh, they're a super influential early shoegaze band, like right alongside My Bloody Valentine and Slow Dive, who are two of the other like big flagship names in shoegaze music. <laughs> Wait, this is a well-known band. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> At least among people that listen to shoegazy, slow core kind of stuff. Cool. Uh, this song is off of an EP from 2018, but Ride's heyday was like the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, they were among the first bands to use the really dreamy, atmospheric guitar tones. They often kind of like waver in and out of tune to make things seem, seem really ethereal and transient. And all the instruments and the vocals are just swimming in an ocean of reverb. An ocean of reverb. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if, if you like this song, you definitely want to look into their early output. Uh, their debut record, Nowhere, is considered one of the most important and influential albums of the last 30 years. It came out in 1990. <laughs> uh, and so, like, especially for its influence on, like, shoegaze and dream pop genres, definitely got to listen to some more Ride. I thought they just came out in 2018. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, definitely a, a classic band. And uh, it's a, kind of the, there's a trio of big shoegaze names from uh, from the British Isles and all that sort of stuff. And you got your My Bloody Valentine, Ride, and Slow Dive. Okay. And this one, of course, like takes the cue from Low with like a verby. Just... Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are they so, is it post-punk? Is shoegaze post-punk? It is. A, it's a form of post-punk for sure. I'm learning. Yeah, you're getting there. I'm getting there. I might be able to talk about music sometime. Yeah, we'll get we'll we'll get you in another year or two. You'll be Yeah, maybe a year and a half I'll be. We'll get like you first. your your yellow belt <laughs> Yay! In music journalism. And then we'll start adding the little pieces of black tape. Right, exactly. I'll be so fancy. Uh so you posted this and there was a flood. There was a, a flood, a deluge, <laughs> if you will. Of of uh submissions which always makes me really really happy me too um the first of which is jeremy s's nick drake's river man betty said she prayed today for the sky to blow away but maybe stay she wasn't sure When she thought of summer rain Calling for her mind again She lost the pain Stayed for love Gonna see the river man Gonna tell him all I Feeling free 
So, um, this is a song for and by a person that is in no rush. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, so we've been watching like a lot of sixties and seventies films lately, like a uh, blow up, a boy in a sock, not really the most chill film. Um, and like the original wicker man mm-hmm. and like this kind of like hits that aesthetic where it's just like this music is just kind of floating around and it makes you like super dang chill and super hippie just as a contact high with these vibes. Uh, the strings here are just like really awesome. Yeah. And like, I just love how he's so not in a rush to finish this song whatsoever or get to the point. It's so nice. I like it. Yeah, God, I just love Nick Drake so much. Uh, this song is off his first record called Five Leaves Left, which I recently acquired on vinyl. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites to spend on a nice chill day. Uh, as much as I abhor the idea of like television commercials bastardizing great music, I totally discovered Nick Drake when I was a teenager from a Volkswagen commercial that used his song Pink Moon. Uh, Nick Drake, just such an incredible and unique songwriter and lyricist. He used a lot of weird alternate guitar tunings and had a very per- particular style, but he was also just a very troubled guy in his real life, very depressed and reclusive. Uh, unfortunately, he died in 1974 at the age of 26 uh, from an overdose of amitriptyline. I think it's a tricyclic uh, something. Yeah, it's like an antidepressant. Yeah, they also give it to dogs. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, no one, no one's quite sure if it was an intentional overdose or not. And, you know, such a tragic death, no matter how you cut it. But uh, luckily, his music reached a massive audience after his death and his spirit and his, mu- his music lives on. Uh, if, if you're into the folksy singer-songwriter type stuff or just super chill acoustic music, got to dig into some Nick Drake, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I can't remember who the name of uh, his producer was that helped him do a lot of that string arrangement, mm-hmm. but a lot of his stuff has just gorgeous string arrangements on top of it. Uh, just one of my all-time favorite songwriters. I think he's influenced pretty much anyone who's played acoustic guitar in the last 40 years or whatever. I have a dumb question. Sure. Is one of, does one of his albums have like a boat floating on the sea, and then uh, they like animated it for YouTube videos? I don't think so. Okay, Dakota but I may be wrong. Sounds very familiar, but he was telling me about somebody who like made like all these all these influential words, influential music, but then like died young, and I was like, I wonder if it's Nick Drake. I could probably ask Dakota. Yeah, he, <laughs> he'd probably have the the scoop. Yeah, I I think he will. Uh, Ben, he brings. A less mellow uh, vibe he has as cities burn into the city. And it's alright, it's alright. And it's alright, I can't make it right. Somebody put a bad lens in your eye. And you try to shed your skin. I want to say this is emo, but like better because it's less screamo, but like it is totally emo, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would call it probably post-hardcore, but emo is sort of a subgenre of post-hardcore in the same way that shoegaze is like a subgenre <laughs> of post-punk. Week. Okay. So there's a parallel for you to All right. I would, see, I always think of emo as like hardcore, but I guess that's just because I was introduced to hardcore and emo at the same sure. time. Even though Hawthorne Heights is neither. Right. Scre- I d- I ba- bad I screamo. I don't like him. Sorry. Yeah. I don't like them. But uh, it's it's somewhat kind of in the way the Nick Drake song is like not in a rush. This song's not in a rush either, but mm-hmm. it's very dramatic as it's not being in a rush. Um, it does in some ways have these like bright, happy notes, but it's going to get a little hollery, mm-hmm. but at least they're holding a note. So it's, it's like really nice and it's very cathartic. And then it's like, are they saying throw yourself in the sea or don't throw yourself in the sea? Yeah, I think they're saying throw yourself right into the sea. Just throw yourself right in. Okay, but does that mean like to swim or like they don't like you anymore? I think that's that's the real question. That's the that's the one that's up in the air. I was like, are you just throwing yourself in the garbage or not? Yeah, no, I think it's uh, sort of leave it all behind, sort of just throw yourself into the sea aimlessly and, and what may happen may happen, I think is the vibe, if I recall. Cool, cool, uh, cool song for the uh, the current times. <laughs> yeah, sure, exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm all about some dreary post-hardcore with like the shimmery noodly guitars. Uh, like you said, it sort of evokes the classic emo sound, but also draws from the classic hardcore sound. Makes you feel like they could escalate into the screamy vocals at any point, but they just let it build that tension and then subvert it by transferring the intensity into the musical crescendos rather than like vocal crescendos. Uh, As Cities Burn was on Tooth and Nail Records, uh, which put out a lot of like Christian punk and hardcore type stuff. And I always hate pointing out, oh, this is a Christian band, because when your band rules, that doesn't really matter. But I just think that there's a lot to be said about Tooth and Nail Records and their offshoot Solid State Records, uh, who brought like heavy and alternative music to kids who may otherwise never had a chance to find it. Uh, Especially here in the Bible Belt, a lot of kids grow up in the church and their parents restrict a lot of what they listen to and what kind of shows they can go to. Uh, But with this huge surge that came with bands like Norma Jean and Zayo and Under Oath, those kids were able to be like, but mom, they sing about (laughs) Jesus, so it's totally cool. And so now those kids get to go to these really energetic and cathartic rock shows, and those bands became a gateway to like similar secular bands, and off they go down the rabbit hole of heavy music. And I I just think the influence and existence of those bands, uh, including As Cities Burn, can't be understated for bringing heavy music to a demographic who up till then only had like really cheesy stuff like DC Talk and Skillet, you know. Don't tell Jeremy Henson of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, but like, I would not have guessed it. You know, that this was, uh, I guess, Christian band. Although yeah, I don't think that's I, another thing. They don't really, uh, this band in particular, doesn't really sing a, a bunch about Jesus. Yeah. But it's just like, oh, their members identify openly as Christians. And so they Isn't that like 21 Pilots too, though? Yeah, probably so. Yeah, so. But I, I like the idea. Like, there is something to bridge into it that's not, like, terribly cheesy. Or, like, the Christian pop, which sounds like they're sleeping with Jesus. Right, yeah. It makes it super, super awkward. Yeah, a little weird. Yeah, this is just really great music, and it just happens to be made by people who identify with a certain Christian ideology or hey, whatever. Get the, but the get them sounds and... into people's ears. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, McCaskill is our next ear buddy. brings Pixie's Wave of Mutilation.
this Jack Black, Jack White, or Francis? Black Francis? Yeah, Black Francis. <laughs> there's too many... Uh, Frank Black, yeah. There's too many blacks in music. Yeah, there's... No, that sounded bad. Um, <laughs> that's not what I meant to say. You know it. I meant the last name. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> too many blacks in music. <laughs> I'm not even going to edit that out. I'm sorry. That just Jack sounded... Black, Jack White, Frank Black, there's... Black Francis, however you want to... Yeah, I'm just not... I'm going to stop talking now. Um, Well, I'll stop talking about last names now. Um, You give a shout-out to the Mariana Trench. I, like, hats off to you. Except if you're... Who's the guy who made uh, uh, Avatar? Uh, uh, that guy. Uh, M-, M. Knight. No. That guy? No. That, that's Avatar? Oh, uh, Ang Lee? No. No. James Cameron. Oh, that, there's, you're talking about... Yeah, I was thinking a different Avatar. Oh, sorry. I was thinking <laughs> anime Avatar. You're talking about the good one. Yeah, not not blue people. Yeah, Avatar, I'm talking James about the Cameron, blue people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just mortified of myself. <laughs> um, but like, uh, he 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 sucks. He shouldn't. He needs to get Mariana Trench out of his mouth. Um, mm-hmm. either way, I I think like we've discussed the pixies and stuff before, but they're both surfery yet like despondent. I love that they're surfers that are despondent as opposed to like super stoned and excited to be mm-hmm. out on the waves. And it's just like bright and a bummer all at the same time. And I'm going to go like put a shoe in my mouth. Now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've definitely sung the praises of the Pixies many times, but uh, I don't think we could ever exhaust all there is to say about how unique and influential they were for alt rock and punk music. Uh, equally comfortable being poppy and catchy or being dissonant and foreboding. And they played that middle ground between those extremes in a way that few other bands could. Uh, the song is an excellent example of that because the chord progressions are sh- just straight up power pop, but the grungy guitars and the punky vocal delivery give it a kind of crusty layer of dirt and grime that makes it a little more emotive and kind of help it to reflect a more complete and accurate representation of, of life as like yin and yang and how even the happy times are tinged with some darkness and even the darkest times there's some light to be found. So you got the yin and yang and that's represented in, in the the two extremes that they're merging in their music. I just like how Francis Black, Black Francis um, like sings. Yeah, he's got a great voice, and uh, he's also an incredible guitar player. And he he doesn't show it off too too much in the Pixies, but when he does, you're like, oh yeah. wow, this guy's a great guitar player. Yeah, I think like a lot of being a good instrumentalist is knowing when to be. A yeah, good when to show off. Yeah, yeah I like, agree, hundred yeah. percent. So um, our next ear buddy is uh, Amy. Oh, and she brings Lost Compasinos. The sea is a good place to think of the future. A 14, her mother died in a routine operation from allergic reaction to a general anesthetic. Spent the rest of her teens experimenting with prescriptions in a futile attempt to know more than the doctors. Thousand years in perfect symmetry. 
know how to like categorize this. Like I can tell like it's got the bones of the emo going on. Mm-hmm. And I just it's very much just a stream of thought story of a woman, so that's like really cool. And I, for a song sung by a male, it's like pretty spot on to show that women are three-dimensional characters right um but yeah it's it's i like the little b details that this starts out like all of it has in there and it's like these tiny little details about a person's life that really builds into the emotions that they experience so and and plus the the way it sounds is like the kind of like cry song uh, cry singing Yeah. yeah exactly yeah, I found this band last year from Spotify, so they've gotten a lot of play from me since then. Uh, they are a very diverse band. They pull off a lot of different sounds really well, uh, from upbeat and poppy to slow and dreary. But everything seems to branch out from a core of just like really catchy pop sensibilities that makes even their slower songs like this one just burrow into your brain to live and grow. Uh, it probably helps that they're a seven-piece band, so there's just so much going on within the layers of the songs. But they don't sound like a they don't sound like Slipknot, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah they're indie rock Slipknot. Um, but also, like when they do their vocal harmonies or those shouty gang vocals with seven people, it just sounds so mountainous. And that mixture of male and female vocals coalescing into this massive chorus of voices just makes everything that they sing very universal and connective feeling. You know, it seems like everyone on earth is just like singing the same message or whatever. They're just such a joyful and triumphant band, even when they're not being joyful and triumphant. So mm-hmm. I'm glad to see them getting some love from the ear buddies. Yeah, seeing as I think now like people singing from windows is becoming a thing. Right. Yeah. That's hey, we should all be able to raise our voices all together, even if we're uh, all quarantined. I have no yeah. idea what we were doing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not sure how you would describe what's going on right now, but No. I mean, I'm not quarantined. I can't be. Right. <laughs> it's like they're surprisingly not wanting me to stay at home ever. Yeah, you were in the danger zone. Ooh. Dakota and I are both in the danger zone, but yeah. he's probably less so. He's he works in surgery, so it's not a big deal. Um, our next ear buddy is Josh Stevens, who brings a uh, Rosie's opportunist. What a great Jeremy says this whole fucking album, I obviously have lots of other contenders for this, but this entire album is water-based. Neptune or Tides might be my main choices. Uh, Opportunity seems to stand out as the most obvious choice here, maybe. Either way, everyone should be listening to this right here. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, Is the band name off of Rosie the Riveter? I'm going to say probably not, but maybe. Why not? But it's it's ladies singing and they're like, you know, it sounds like they have their hands up. 
It's definitely does evoke that imagery. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that sometimes our, our dreams can also fall into very oceanic themes. Mm -hmm. Even if you're a person like me who hates the beach mm -hmm. and like, you know, swimming is this almost surreal version of flying. Yeah. And so it's, it's a, it, you know, you can dream about it a lot. And I also, it's like a fun little song about napping. Right. Because it, it's like not a lullaby, but still it's about the dream world. And, you know, just dive right on back into the covers, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Rosie is one of the best bands in Memphis at the moment. Uh, I'll go ahead and apologize to their bassist, who I don't know very well. But I know the rest of the band personally and can attest to just how amazing they are. Uh, Michaela Caitlin on vocals brings so much range. She can do the shouty punk rock thing. She can lure you in with the sultry, seductive, jazzy crooning, or she can just absolutely crush you with like the delicate melodic lines, just an anomaly of a singer. And then you have Will Forrest on guitar, Daniel Anderson on drums, both of whom previously played in a band called Strengths. I heard of them. Yeah. Uh, who were just insane math rock from outer space. So they have a way of bringing something really ethereal and otherworldly to a band that's otherwise much more straightforward and accessible than their previous band was and they're all just masters of tone and style so watching them live is a pretty transcendent experience uh, the guitars just have so much color and depth the drums pummel you where they need to pummel you and get nice and sparse when it's time to let the listener breathe and Michaela's vocal prowess rivaled only by her, her intensity and stage presence so if you have a chance to see them live definitely go check them out and if you don't live around Memphis at least drop in on their Facebook or their band camp definitely won't be disappointed Surely by April we'll get to go to shows again, right? Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. Hopefully this will all blow over soonish. I wanted to end on um, something like kind of hardcore. Sure. So I brought, uh, well, I didn't bring, uh, whatever. I decided to choose one of Metal Johnny's selections. Uh, he brought Sons of Otis Super Typhoon. Metal Johnny says, if the Obsessed and Fu Manchu went to Mars. I can't remember who the Obsessed is. I don't know if we brought them before. I think we brought Fu Manchu before. Fu, Fu Manchu's definitely been on here before. Yeah, so Johnny has the unique ability to bring songs that kind of scare me, but are super <laughs> listenable. So I don't know how he make or like how he chose a band that somehow got like they're super oceany, but like super metal. And it's two aesthetics that normally you would, you not, would imagine. not think like that. Like, yeah. And Johnny is just really good at finding 
metal songs for everything. That's true. I think it's really cool. Also, I don't know if it's a jaw harp, but I want it to be a jaw harp. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, after we talked about the jaw harp last week. Yeah, um, I had, had jaw harps on the brain. Uh, we were watching one of those. Oh, we were watching Wicker Man. Yeah. And there's a guy who's playing the jaw harp. And I was like, hey, do you know, the jaw harp. Yeah. Um, I wish I knew how to play those. But uh, Deuterinos have to be like the best on this like freaking boat i really just think so uh they got good beer and they probably will share mm-hmm. and i don't even know if these are lyrics but i just you know whatever electric jaw harp should be a thing it's covered in rubber so nobody gets like you know electrocuted and uh dude is uh conjuring up a typhoon right yeah definitely yeah. some summon, summoning a a massive typhoon yeah i mean like definitely you can see him at like the ocean shore like waving his arms up right yeah yeah it's, it's super epic stone rock very spacey uh, lots of phasers and wah pedals, which are making that electric jaw harp sound that you're hearing. I need it to be an actual electric jaw harp. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and they they also just like make everything sound really washy and watery. And with the cavernous drums and the mid rangey punchy bass, definitely has the feel of facing down a huge typhoon and being blown around in the wind and pummeled with rain and ocean water. You know, a lot of stoner rock can kind of run together. It starts to sound a little homogenous, but. This is a great example of how putting like a minor spin on that classic formula can make it worth listening to. But literally, Metal Johnny knows all the metal, doesn't he? Uh, he pretty much does. He's He's got an encyclopedic knowledge of, of heavy music that will blow your mind, especially after talking to him, you know, just like you and I, he's got a really deep Southern accent and he's just a goofball of a human being. But Such a nice human he's being. He's so freaking nice yeah. and just knows so, so much about uh, obscure music. It's crazy. It is pretty awesome, though. I, I want like everyone to kind of imagine Metal Johnny and then realize that Metal Johnny is way cooler in real life. It's true. Yeah, it's very true. Um, you can tweet at us, especially about how super caffeinated I am and how I cannot <laughs> put a string of thoughts together. Uh, you can tweet at us. I'm at Madam Willite. I'm pa- at Pow I Gotcha. <laughs> and I'm at Andy Podge. You're really suffering through this. It took a second. Yeah, it's fine. I drink a lot of coffee. Um, so... <laughs> The Facebook group is Earbuds and Earworms Podcast Group, and the voicemail line is 731-400-BUDS or 731-400-2837. You can always email the show, andypod at gmail.com, and you can always check out the show, and maybe I'll learn how to internet appropriately and make like the website work right. It's andypod.com, <laughs> part of the 10710 network. <laughs> what's our final song i'm gonna leave us with a band called amazing transparent man and their song is called the ocean is a fuck of a long way to swim it is <laughs> so there's really not a whole lot of craziness to say about this one uh, amazing transparent man was a pop punk band from the late 90s early 2000s nothing particularly groundbreaking going on it's just a great example of the more underground form of pop pop punk that existed alongside the more popular like teeny bopper stuff like green day and blink 182 uh, the song's about when, when someone you love moves overseas, and so you'd swim the ocean just to see him again, even though that's a fuck of a long way to swim. So yeah, uh, we will christen you and send you off to sea with the amazing Transparent Man and their song, The Ocean is a Fuck of a Long Way to Swim.
So yeah, uh, we will christen you and send you off to sea with the amazing Transparent Man and their song, The Ocean is a Fuck of a Long Way to Swim. Thank you. 